Let me show you this advertisement for Durian Man SS2. Number one, you must be able to communicate in Mandarin, BM, or English, and you must have skills opening the durian in a safe manner, of course. If you are scared, don't do this. And you must not smell stronger than the durian. Very important. Also, if you can dance or perform acrobatic stunts, if you have a six-pack, you are hired immediately. Why do I point to this job description? Because what we are looking at today is kind of like a job description. What does it take to be a leader, a pastor, and a preacher in the CCCC, Corinthian City Christian Church. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Very tight, very, very smart. It's because like Cambridge. To come to a Cambridge church, you have to be very Cambridge smart. Paul says, no, no, no. There is another criteria. We're going to see two different types of wisdom. A smart wisdom, Cambridge type wisdom, but there's also another type of wisdom called the wisdom of the spirit. And all we're going to do is look at the difference between the two. Smart wisdom, spirit wisdom. What's the difference? Which one would you prefer? Let's look at the first point. The wisdom of the smart. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. Meaning, what everyone thinks. And he also says the rulers of this age. Professors, people with PhDs. Hey, is that guy? Is that guy over there? Someone very famous. Maybe even a pastor. Because Paul is talking about pastors here. If any of these guys apply to be a pastor in your church, huh, you're given the job straight away. The perfect candidates for the job. But Paul says there are two problems with that. Verse 6, it says, these rulers, they're coming to nothing. They're here today, tomorrow, no more. They're like a fad. Verse 8, none of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have, tell me, crucified the Lord of glory. They would not have killed Jesus. Can you imagine Judas Iscariot became your pastor? Pontius Pilate applied for the position of pastor. He went, okay, please come and teach the Sunday school kids. Pharisee today is going to lead life fellowship. Huh? Who would hire such a person? Actually, it happens more often. More often than you think. We don't say it out loud. If everyone has a certain kind of education, you don't want your pastor to have less than that. You want a little bit more, maybe not too much, a little bit more, a little bit more educated, a little bit more successful. Then we can look up to them. That's the idea of a ruler, someone whom you respect. And Paul says, no, 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 no. That's very, very dangerous because these so-called smart rulers, they don't understand one important thing. God has hidden something from them. None of these so-called rulers understood the gospel. They can teach you the Ten Commandments. Can you imagine having a Pharisee come and teach you Ten commandments. They would love it. All kinds of rules about what to do in church, what not to do in church, tithing and about being holy. Except when it comes to Jesus, the cross, none of the rulers of the age understood it. Here are candidates who are good in everything except this one thing, because this one thing seems foolishness to them, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a picture here of Billy Graham, 1955. Billy Graham came to Cambridge. This guy who has no qualification came to preach. He came twice, 1955 and 1980. And the two times that he came to Cambridge, there were protesters. How dare this guy who knows nothing come and lecture me? I have a PhD. I'm a professor, do you know? Protested outside the church, Great St. Mary's. He said, when I came, I was so intimidated. He didn't go, hey, I'm here to teach you something, he actually went with fear and with trembling. The same way that Paul is speaking to this church that now looks down on him. And sometimes I wonder that we are looking up to people like this. God's measure of leaders are like this, lowly and humble. That brings us to our second point, the wisdom of the Spirit. However, it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. Meaning, no one could have understood this. God has prepared. God has given to people who love God. These are things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. Meaning not just Paul, but actually you. You have this because you have God's Spirit. Verse 10, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts
gods except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And it's just kind of saying, you look at each other on the screen, what's that person thinking? Maybe he's thinking about lunch. Hmm, maybe I need to fix the sink. Hmm, this person is talking for so long. <laughs> you don't know. Nick could be going, when will Calvin be done? I can't stand it. <laughs> because only you will know inside. But it does say the spirit knows. You know and God knows. God gives us the spirit who searches all things, even the deep things of God. Meaning God lets you know, not just stuff on the surface, but the deep things of God. Everything that God wants you to know, you will know because God puts his spirit inside of you. And therefore that gives us that principle. How is it that we can even do this thing called reading the Bible? It's not because we are trying to find the best Bible teacher, but it's because you and I know the only way we can understand any of this is because God is speaking to us even right now. Verse 13, this is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, not because we have fantastic, we don't have fantastic Bible teachers, but because these are words taught by the Spirit. And this phrase, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words, just means Spirit explains Spirit. It could be talking about spiritual words, that's why spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words, meaning if you want to understand one part of the Bible, the way that God often explains it is with another part of the Bible. So spiritual realities with spiritual words, but this word Spirit can also mean Spirit people. I have the Spirit in me, and you have the Spirit in you. A lot of people are switching from WhatsApp to Signal or WhatsApp to Telegram. If you send a message from WhatsApp, you can only send it to other WhatsApp people, right? The moment you move to like Signal or Instagram, you can only message Instagram to Instagram. You can't cross message each other. People with the Spirit can only then therefore teach other people who have the Spirit. Friends, if you know you have the Spirit of Christ in you, make sure the people who are leading you, that person also has that Spirit. In other words, just make sure that they're a Christian. Make sure that they love Jesus Christ. Make sure that they know the cross as well. It's just like so obvious. Okay, so we've seen two things. We've seen smart wisdom, but we've seen the spirit wisdom. But what's the difference? One is a good pastor, one's a bad pastor. No, the difference is actually even more serious than that because it's saying that one's a Christian and one isn't. That's how serious it is. Verse 14, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that comes from the spirit of God. If God came out and spoke to them, they said, nope, I don't believe you. <laughs> even if God spoke to them, but considers them foolishness. Anything that God speaks to them directly, nonsense, especially the cross. And he says, cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Verse 15, the person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. And this word judgment is the same word as discerned, understanding what God is saying. But here this judgment is judging one another. For verse 16, who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct or to judge him? Imagine if Jesus Christ came down from heaven. Today, I'm going to give the sermon. Oh, wow. Jesus himself is going to give me the sermon. After I listened to that sermon, I got to Jesus and said, oh, that was very good. Maybe I can give you some comments as to how to improve your sermon, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I think maybe this illustration wasn't very good. I, I think, Jesus, you're wrong here. That's verse 16. Who is it? There's go up to Jesus and trying to correct him. That's talking about that smart guy again. That is the root of the person who then goes around judging one another. This last, last verse of Mike drop moment he says you realize that you and i we have the mind of christ you can say if you have the mind of christ paul is saying then then you can start critiquing christ but paul is saying if you do have the mind of christ dot 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 does that mean you'll start critiquing him no right the more we understand of christ we should have that opposite reaction we should be more gracious towards one another and here's the thing, people who think that the more they know, the more it gives them that position to start judging other people. Those are the very people who actually have nothing to do with Jesus. But here's Paul saying, because we have this mind, it makes us even more lowly. It makes us even more careful about the things that we say to one another.
who would you want to be a leader, to be a pastor in this church? You know, once I was back in Singapore and they hired this new person. I met him for the first time. In my heart, who's this guy the church has hired? He was like very chin chai, you know, and, and he's a very relaxed person. One day and I asked him, so what was your last job? Where do you work? You know what he told me? He said, I used to wash jeans. What, what, what kind of ministry work do you have to wash jeans? And he turns out he used to wash jeans in prison. He was an ex-convict and in prison, he used to wash hundreds and hundreds of jeans and the church hired him. This is a church of three to four thousand. And years ago, if you remember my pastor of that three to four thousand strong church came all the way here to Cambridge, asked him who's looking after the church back home, jeans washing guy. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think any church in Cambridge, any self-respecting church in Cambridge will hire Mr. Jeans Washing Guy. I don't think it's because they say, oh, we discriminate against ex-convicts. But I think the reason is simply this. We have so many better people. We have all these PhD people. We have all these gifted people, all these talented people. And nothing, nothing wrong with that. My friends, on top of all these criteria, Paul is just saying there's just one that matters. Does this person have the spirit of Christ? Does this person preach the cross of Christ? And does this person, therefore, display this character, mannerism of reminding us of the love of Christ? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that the more we know of you, the more we love you, the more we want to tell others about you. And Lord, please surround us with people like that, not least our leaders, but please make us, you know, as we have the Spirit, be people who overflow with this love for you and for one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.